Okay, and we're back here with Lee Jones talking about COVID, the failures of the regulatory state. Uh, this is uh, the bonus content to the episode that will have come out last week. Um, and so this is now being inserted here into this alpha bonus bonus. Uh, so we're going to continue. I'm going to pass back to uh, George, who's been leading this interview. Yeah, so if the first bit was recorded publicly, then this is uh, recorded privately. This is the after party to the Bunga Bunga, yeah. Privately, like the name, but also like... Yeah, that probably works better in writing, but it's still lame. (laughs) I mean, I think our listeners, they're very cerebral people. They can get that. Well, they're used to your terrible jokes by now, I guess. People like it, or people say that they hate it less than they used to, which is the same thing (laughs) um, these days. Trending upwards. (laughs) <laughs> the trend is up. Um, so, yeah, so we we, we covered um, in the previous episode, but for us recording this like five minutes ago, um, the regulatory state um, and how that's failed. But I think to dig a bit deeper, is this a specifically British problem or is this a global phenomenon? Is it just, you know, Anglo failure or is it um, a bit deeper than that? No, it, it is deeper than that, um, that the regulatory state did emerge, I think, first in, in Europe and North America um, as part of the neoliberal counter-revolution, if you like. Um, but it has spread worldwide. And you know, this is not my concept, the regulatory state. It's been around for a couple of decades. And its its emergence in the global south has been charted in, in quite a, a lot of scholarly work. But I, what I would say is that you know, every society has its own state formation. Uh, state transformation is always conditioned by by local dynamics, and so the extent to which states have all gone in this direction is it, it's uneven. Um, and in some states, that that process has even been reversed. So it's not an inevitable process by any means, but it is one that's not confined to uh, to the UK. In fact. Uh, you know, I've shown that that this state, this kind of state, actually exists in China, mm. of all places. Where so it is compatible with a highly authoritarian style of governance as well, uh, where the central government doesn't quite know what it wants. It sets out in broad guidelines the kinds of things right. it wants to see happening, and then it leaves it to others to work out what that means in practice and 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 work out what to do on that basis. I guess it's just so striking in the in the British and American case that these um the, the covid preparedness was rated so highly mm. and has been so terrible so you really see that yeah and usually through. you know the past pandemics have been seen to be a problem of the global south yeah you know, pandemics emerge in the global south it's global south people that die from it their states can't cope uh we have to deploy our aid yeah. we have to send our militaries to help them cope this time it's been the other way around, that it's us that have had to deploy our militaries in our countries because they've been the only part of the state yeah. that has worked effectively. I think though, state our, failure. State I think failure. our I think our global south correspondent wanted to to, to jump in here. The subaltern <laughs> can speak now. So Alex, what, you're you're empowered now, Alex. Yeah, yeah we've mean, empowered you to to speak as long as you say what we what we want you to. Look, Alex I mean, has the ultimate power. <laughs> You keep, talk, you keep talking over him, him he has no power yeah this is literally not letting the subaltern speak like uh so <clears throat> so obviously in you know brazil for example has suffered also from you know, neoliberal straight state transformation but i think the the 
the, the what's remarkable about Brazil, of course, is that it's much more obviously and immediately a governmental failure rather than a state failure. I mean, these are decisions mm-hmm. taken at the top, um, well, or rather decisions not to take a decision, to govern by crisis rather than respond in any way to the crisis um, through, you know, Bolsonaro's attempt to distract attention, denialism, and so on. So I think even within the current state capacities, which themselves have been restricted by by budget cuts and um, a, a constitutional amendment to limit spending and so on, um, which obviously is really damaging to the health system. Brazil does have a national health system um, and actually has a, a large degree of success with vaccination immunization programs um, for tropical diseases and actually um, probably more successful than many Western countries even and something which has been a failure now because, well, they decided not to buy any vaccines, for example. Um, but I think the, the contrast, at least specifically with Brazil, which is a weird case, I guess, precisely because the government decided not to do anything, um, is that whereas the UK, and I think Lee's uh, article shows this really well, is that there, this would have been the case irrespective of which government uh, had been in charge, I think, whereas in Brazil, it's more immediately a governmental failure. Yeah, I think that that old distinction between state and government is one that we should bring back in. I mean, I'm I'm quite in favour of sort of old-fashioned categories, really, to to try to revitalise political analysis. And this is an important one that a lot of people in this country think that it's a governmental failure. Um, And they're wrong. I mean, they think that Boris Johnson's a lazy clown and therefore, you know, people died. Um, I mean, that's literally the level of political analysis that we have in this country. It's absolutely pathetic. Um, The truth is that if Jeremy Corbyn had won the general election, he would have inherited a state that had been planning for pandemics since the 1990s uh, and was utterly emaciated and was not in a fit state to deal with a pandemic. Uh, but it would, ironically, it would all have been blamed on him. Uh, you know, him and how useless Labour Party are and how they can't manage the state and all the rest of it. Um, because I think this is the level to which political analysis has sank in this country, that it's all about certain individuals and certain personalities. I mean, the amount of discussion about Dominic Cummings, for example, the Prime Minister's former aide and the mastermind of the the Vote Leave campaign, uh, it's just obscene the way that political reporting, especially in this country, just turns everything into a ridiculous uh, soap opera among certain personalities. There's no deep analysis of the reasons why things go so disastrously wrong. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.